Welcome to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. Wherever you're listening from, welcome. We pray that the truth from the Word of God speaks to your heart during today's message. Wherefore, let them that suffer, we're picking back up where we left off this morning, suffering, if you have to suffer, If you have to and you want to stay in the will of God, keep doing right, even if you have to go through some suffering. So we're picking up where we left off in 1 Peter 4, chapter 19. Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. You're allowing the Lord to strengthen your testimony. You're leaving what you're... You're leaving what you didn't sign up for, but what now is in your life. You're leaving that in the Lord's hands. We talked about this a little earlier this morning about how uh, we used Corey Tamboom as an example. She wasn't praying to God that she would be in the situation that she ended up in. But she ended up in that situation. You keep your testimony. You allow the Lord to strengthen you because that's the only way you'll get strength. And you leave it in his hands. So what do we do as Christians? We don't look for ways to cause more pain and suffering in our lives because we don't have to. It's going to come. It's part of life. And if you want to be in the will of God, it's not God. I just can't wait for a better circumstance. Although that's not a bad prayer to pray. We all want better circumstances. But we can't allow our circumstances to dictate us staying in the will of God. Make sense? We need to keep doing right. First Peter 419, just leave it in God's hands. Let the Lord take care of you. That's what we'll do. Romans chapter 8. Let's go there and let's look at the next part of being in God's will. Romans chapter number 8. And we'll be in verse number 26. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. Likewise, uh, likewise, the spirit also helpeth our infirmities. Some help from the spirit. For we know not what we should pray for as we ought. You've been in situations where you know you should pray, but you don't know what to pray. That's pretty common. For we know, uh, then it goes on to say, but the spirit itself maketh intercession for us. With groanings which cannot be uttered. The Holy Spirit's the filter. You don't know what to say. You don't know how to say it. You botched it or whatever. Holy Spirit filters it and sends it up to God. In verse number 27, so the Holy Spirit helps you out, helps me out, helps Christians out. Abides in us. Verse 27, he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is the mind of the Spirit. Because he maketh intercession for the saints. According to the will of God. Um, this, these two verses should help us all be thankful that we have the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will help you stay in the will of God. <laughs> and one of the ways the Holy Spirit will do that is it will filter your prayers up to God. We are always safest when we are yielding our lives to the leading of the Holy Spirit. How do we know the Spirit is yielding us? Is it in the Bible? 
Okay. Is it not in the Bible? No. Then you're just making it up trying to sell a book. <laughs> it's not. Okay. In the will of God, you're obeying his word. Yield to the Holy Spirit. We'll make sure the prayer is going up within the will of God. We need to be thankful for the Holy Spirit. And we need to look to God and rejoice that he has given us his spirit. You know, Jeremiah chapter 17, the Bible says, why don't we turn there? And let's get uh, 1 John as well. Go all the way back to the Old Testament. Let's get Jeremiah 17. And let's get 1 John. Jeremiah chapter 17, verse number 10. The Bible says, well, first it says in verse 9, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's a pretty easy passage of scripture, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, what when we go out and we knock on doors and we talk to people about the Lord, what is the issue really? I mean, it's their heart. Their heart is so wicked, it's, it, it, it has completely deceived them. They're living a life of deception, yeah. which makes witnessing so hard because you know the one true and living God. But the person that you are talking to does not know the one true and living God. So what you say to them doesn't make sense because the natural man receiveth not the things of God. So this is the Holy Spirit we're relying on to draw and to woo and to convict and, 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 and to get some light to come on. But do you see where the tension develops? All that tension starts to develop because you know something that they don't know. You want them to receive that something. But they don't want to receive it. How do you handle that? Well, if you want to stay in the will of God, you can't get bitter at them. You can't get impatient with them and expect them to get it. You have to love them. You're right. And you have to love them enough to be patient with them. You have to love them enough to be able to tell them. Here's what sin is going to pay out to you. Here's where your eternal destiny is. And you just got to love them enough to be able to do that. But their heart is so deceitful that they don't want what you got. That's the I mean, that's pretty much the gospel message is you're trying to give something something that they don't want. And you're praying that the spirit of God would so move. That they would be willing to receive it. Always sow the seed. Seed is the word of God. Yep. You can't worry about the ground. You can't spend your life trying to always find good ground. If you just continue to sow the seed, the word of God, guess what? It, the ground's going to start getting fertile. You'll, you'll be just fine. But in Jeremiah chapter 17, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know? And now watch what it says. I, the Lord... Search the heart. If you're around somebody long enough and you know somebody well enough, and I guess we all do this to an extent, 
you kind of judge their motives. You know, husbands and wives can pick up on each other's communicative language, body language, and and and, and all of that. Uh, and if you've been married five years, ten years, or fifteen years, you pretty much can take a pretty good guess and know why your husband or your wife is doing that. <laughs> but ultimately, I can't know my spouse's heart as well as the Lord and the Lord can't. And my spouse can't know my heart like the Lord knows my heart. But the Lord knows the heart. So when you're talking to a lost person, you can judge their motives. You can think you know where their heart's at. But you just got to be patient and trust that the Lord is going to work some things out. I, the Lord, search the heart and try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. We talk about in Romans 8, we're safest when we yield ourselves to the Holy Spirit. Jeremiah 17, verse 10, I'm just trying to get you to see that the Lord will search the heart. And he knows, he knows. Let's go over to our first John chapter five verse. First John chapter five. First John chapter five, verse number 14. The Bible says, and this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything, he heareth us. Except if you're reading your Bible and following along, you would know that I didn't read that verse right. <laughs> That's how we want to read it. <laughs> That's how the world reads it. That's how carnal Christians read it. That's how when you look at God and you basically see a vending machine, I put in, I get out. That's how we read it. That's how we think it. That's not what it says, and that's not what it means. What it says is, if we ask anything according to his will. If you ask God something according to his will. He heareth us. We know that he hears us. Whatsoever we ask, we know. We have the petition. We desire of him. If the Holy Spirit. We looked at in, in uh, Romans 8. In, uh, in first period. What do I say about the prayer, right? The Holy Spirit filters that prayer, brings it up to God, makes sure it's in God's will. If we're yielding to the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's guiding our life, and we're yielding to that, don't you think we're going to ask according to his will? Yeah. It's much better than trying to come up with stuff that we want and say, God, here's what I want. Will you please grant this to me? And then when he says no, we're disappointed in God. It's not the way it works. It's not the way it works. Like we said earlier, I don't want to, nor would I suggest anybody to go around looking to make life tougher for yourself. Nobody lives like that. You don't have to look for the struggle or the trial. It's going to show up. It's going to show up in your life different than my life. It's going to show up in your life different than this life. But it's going to be there. We yield to the Holy Spirit. We want to be in his will. We yield to him. 
the more we yield to the Holy Spirit, the more we pray to God, the more the Holy Spirit will filter our prayers to God to make sure they're in God's will. And the more the Holy Spirit will make sure that we are asking according to God's will, not according to our wantings. Most of our prayers are, Lord, make life easier for me. I'm not saying I don't pray those prayers. Not, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is most of our prayers are to make life down here more simpler for us. Very rarely do you hear people saying, Lord, help me not to be scared to talk to people about the Lord. Lord, help me be a better witness. Lord, help me be... A lot of it is, I broke my arm. Please pray it heals right. I, my truck doesn't run. God, please, I'm praying that the mechanic would fix, fix it and it won't cost me too much money. Pray those prayers. But also, don't forget all the other stuff that we need to work on, like our character. We need to pray that as well. And we can remain in the will of God more fully. We ask anything according to his will and fearless. Okay, now we're going to have some fun in Romans chapter number 12. That's an easy passage of scripture. Loaded but easy to understand. Romans chapter 12, verse number 1. The Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is... Your reasonable service. Verse 2. And be not conformed to this world. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That ye may prove. What is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There it is. The will of God. You want to be in the will of God? Prove it. Prove it. That's our first point under Romans chapter 12. Prove it. How do I prove it? Verse number 1. Present your bodies. A living sacrifice. You present your body in the present. We talked a little bit about that this morning. Do it now. You want to be in the will of God? Do something for God now. How do I do that? You present your body a living sacrifice. You present in the present. Present in the present. Do it now. I've reasoned like this before. I want you to stay with me. I can serve God when my circumstances get better. People worry, or if someone's lazy, they will reason like this. My circumstances get better, then I can serve God more fully. Instead, why don't you just accept the circumstances that you're in and present your body a living sacrifice and live for God. In other words, stop fretting, stop worrying, and trust the Lord. You can pray for things to get better. Don't shake your fist at God if they don't get better. You can pray for the electric to come back on. On Monday and it might not come on back on on Tuesday. Don't worry and fret and shake your hand and, and, and roll your fist at God. You're in that situation. Present your body a living sacrifice. And. Trust the Lord. God also says 
at the end of verse one. You see where it says you present your body as a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God. Don't worry about others accepting you. If God accepts you, that's the main thing. Amen. Look what it says at the end. Which is your reasonable service. God says make a reasonable decision. Romans chapter 12, verse number one. That's what it's about. Making a reasonable decision. Ecclesiastes 12, 13 says, fear God and keep his commandments. This for this is the whole duty of man. Now, we were talking about this a little bit earlier today. How many of you fear God? Okay. How many of you, at least for the most part, try to keep his commands? We all we all do. Right now. None of us can say we truly fear God and reverence God in the way that we should all the time, right? We can agree on that. But we, we strive to do that. And, you know, we all teach our kids, if we're parents, not to lie. And we, we strive to have them tell the truth all the time, but they don't. And neither do we. <laughs> but we try. We, we Ecclesiastes, what's the principle? Your whole duty as a man or a woman isn't to be have a, a successful career. Yeah. Your whole duty isn't to be the most successful music person or the most successful in academia. None of that. It's to fear God and keep his commandments. That is your whole duty and my whole duty. And guess what? By default, that will make you a successful business person, a successful student, a successful employee or employer. Because you're fully serving God. You're fearing him and keeping his commandments. And anybody that's going to hire anybody, they might not fear God. They might not keep God's commands. But they certainly want to hire somebody that does. Because they all want someone that's going to tell the truth and not rip them off. Where do you get that from? It's all from the Bible. You want to stay in the will of God? Do that. Make a reasonable decision. Present your body a living sacrifice. If your God keeps commandments, hold duty to man. All right, look at verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. That ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. If you want to be in God's will and prove it, you must separate from evil. That's why that verse says, be not what? Be not conformed. You've got to be able to separate and not be conformed to this evil world. I am amazed at how much pop culture influences so-called Christians more than the Bible. I am amazed at how many so-called Christians can quote pop, pop rock music lyrics. They can quote Hollywood movie, uh, you know, quotes that are that become popular in the world. They know all of these. Authors that write all of these books that have to do with 
Well, everything that's against God, witchcraft and sorcery and magic and And I'm just amazed that they get defensive when you want to talk about something else. Amen. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't understand if we're, if, if we're Christians and we get, want to get a hold of Romans chapter 12, especially verse number two, being not conformed to the world. Why are they so attracted to the world? I don't understand it. Why do we have mega churches that have these signs? Come watch our worldly movie at our church. I don't get it. It just, it doesn't make sense to me. If I wanted to go to a rock concert, I would go into Nashville. If I want to go watch a Hollywood movie, I would go down to the AMC. Why are churches conforming to the image of the world? If I wanted dark lights, no pulpit, smoke, mirror, and a jazz band, I'd go down to the local bar. Yeah. But the churches are dressing themselves up like this. The churches are making themselves look like the movie house, look like the bar scene, look like a rock concert. Folks, and they're doing it on purpose. It's part of their plan. It's not like I'm saying this and they're thinking, oh, wow, I never thought of that. No, they thought of that. They calculated that and said, you know what? We are going to conform this church house to look like the world because we want the world to come in. And that's what they like. And we'll get them in with that. Except as soon as you take all that stuff out, guess what happens? They go out too. And you're left with nobody to pay the big bill that they got to pay for every month to keep the lights on. <laughs> expensive, brother. We, we talked about this before. Look, there, there's no, there's nobody more than the preacher and the preacher's family that wants more people to come. But look, and there's nobody more than kids that come to church to a Bible preaching church and say. Yeah, mom, dad, I would just wish more kids would come. We all can agree on that. We all can understand and relate to that. But not a one of us is going to sign up for, well, let's, I know no one's going to agree. Let's make this place look like a barn on purpose. Let's, let's run some Hollywood movies out here. Let's run a, let's run a Pokemon thing and a, and a, and a Harry Potter deal and a, and a, and a Mickey Mouse with a with a witch's hat and a because you all believe because you want a church that preaches the Bible. Amen. Would so we're all in agreement on that. We all want the Bible. And the Bible says, "Be not conformed to this world." Church house should not conform to the world. We are here as a light, and we are a good Bible believing church. Should be the pillar and ground. Of truth, so people know where they can go to hear truth. Somebody's hurting. It's 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 it's. We just put a lot of. There's a lot of knuckles going on doors, and it's a lot of effort. We're not a lot of result, except the glorification of God, which is enough result for me. 
like one of those folks comes in here, the last thing I would want them to say is, well, that's just like the bar. That's just like the, that's just like a rock concert. We're not going to conform to the world just so we can get 20 more people. We're not. We need to separate from evil. And if Jesus Christ isn't lovely enough for you, then we would want to introduce that person to Jesus so they can see him and who he really is. All together lovely. The other thing we see in Romans chapter 12, verse number two, is God does require transformation. And that's why he says, uh, verse number two, and be not conformed to this world, but be ye what? Be ye transformed. There's a transformation that takes place. Another thing that bothers me, and I don't know if it bothers you or not, but we all realize, at least adults, we realize that transformation takes some time. You have your, your young young child, one, two, three years old. You know it's going to take some time for that child to grow into a young man and a young woman to be able to you know, be an adult that can the transformation take place. Anybody take music lessons? It, you don't just sit down at the piano after your first lesson and then you just let it go. It takes some time. And usually it's not a week or a month or, or a year. These are multi-year disciplines. And you see transformation slowly, but at the end of it, you see this big transformation. You want to be a good Christian? There's going to have to be some transforming. You can't just separate yourself from the world and then you become part of this spiritual vacuum where you're not doing anything. It's be not conformed. So God says separate. Don't be like the world. But he doesn't stop at that. He says, but be transformed. God will always give you something better. Don't do this. Here's what I want you to do. Separate from that. And now gather and draw yourself to this. God always leaves you with something better to do. An alternative that's going to give him glory. Transformation. Romans chapter 12. We ought not say that we're a Christian. And then we just take a casual approach to church and to life. Well, you can't tell me what to do, and, and nobody. Well, God can tell us what to do. And He's given us His Bible to be able to do that. The Bible says, Does everybody agree that the Bible says you must be born again? Amen. Yeah. Everybody's fine with believing that. We go out witnessing and soul winning, and we're big on evangelism, and we're going to go out there. Yeah, you must be born again, and Jesus is the only way. You must be born again. Well, how about the, you must be transformed? Be not conformed, but be, here's what he wants you to be, transformed. The lost, we tell the lost all the time. You're not going to get to heaven on your good works. Don't trust it. Don't trust your religion. We go through all that. It's basic one-on-one Christianity. And we tell them you must be born again. And God tells us, to be transformed and we're saved, yet we just want to stay in the, eh, nobody can tell me what to do. I'm not moving. Okay. Well, that's how you want to live. You can live that way. God's not going to force the hand. He's just telling you, 
look, it's reasonable. I'm giving you a reasonable request. Amen. Present your body in the present right now as a living sacrifice. We'll be in the will of God. Don't be transformed. Uh, don't be conformed to the world. Be this. Be this. Transform. All right. Two more passages of scripture. Psalm 119 and Galatians 1. Two more passages. <clears throat> Psalm 119. We won't read all of it. We'll start at verse number nine. Psalm 119, verse number nine. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Wow. It's been said that the Bible will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from the Bible. We've all heard that quote. It's true. What is hidden in your heart? We read earlier about Jeremiah's deceitful, but right now, this afternoon, I'm asking you, what is in your heart? Have you hid God's word there? You got to get busy serving the Lord. Don't wait. Lead me now. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Do that now. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. No wandering now. Thy word have I hid in my heart. Do it now. That I might not sin against thee. Don't sin now. Blessed art thou, O Lord. Call that out now. Teach me thy statutes. Have the Lord teach you now. Everybody has these grand plans. Lord, when I get my life back together, I'll have your word hidden in my heart. No, just do it now. Yeah. Don't worry about keeping all his commands and all his statutes. It's just right now. The command that's in front of you, just right now. Do that now. And everybody tries to want to, they want to muster something up to get into God's will. Just get in his will now. Serve him now. Let him lead you now. Hide his word in your heart now. And if you just do those little things, at the end of a year, end of five years, end of ten years, you'll see a transformation. Yep. Kids learn these simple chords, these simple scales, these simple notes. And ten minutes on a Tuesday, thirty minutes on a Wednesday, and a 30-minute hard lesson during the week from an instructor. And at the end of 10 years, you got somebody playing the piano really, really good. Why? Because they just played that little note now. And all those nows added up to. But you keep trying to put it off. God, when this? God, no, stop. You're just delaying. Let's do it now. Last verse. Last verse. We're in Galatians. All the way back to the beginning, Galatians chapter 1. 
We'll be picking up our verse-by-verse -verse study on this next Sunday, Lord willing. Galatians chapter 1, verse number 3, the Bible says, Grace be to you and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. We touched on this this morning. I want to close out tonight under the same theme. Christ came to die on the cross to pay for our sins, to completely obey and honor the Father. And he came to do the will of the Father. Too many Americans, <coughs> too many so-called Christians, I have this idea that Jesus Christ came to die for me because I'm so, yeah, I'm a sinner, but at the same time, I'm kind of, I'm kind of cool. I'm kind of wonderful. And God just loved me so much that he would die for me. And there's some truth sprinkled in there, but a little bit of error kind of sours the whole thing. Yes, Christ did die for your sins. And yes, Christ did love you enough to come and suffer and die and do all that for you. He did. But he first came to honor his father. And he always did that which honored the father, always honoring God the father. He died on that cross. He did according to thy will, to God's will. And he gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our father. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. If there's one last thought I will leave you with tonight is you're struggling with being in the will of God or not. And all that we talked about this morning and this afternoon. If God, the son, did what he did for you. According to the will of God, the father. If that's not enough to get you excited about living in God's will, I don't know what is. Because without Christ doing what he did on the cross, we've got nothing. Amen. Thank you for listening to the podcast ministry of Pilgrim Baptist Church. We look forward to seeing you in the next episode. In the meantime, you can sign up for our email newsletter at www.pilgrimbaptist.church.